Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 37th of Globtober 2192. Yeah, the reason I wrote that is that last week I forgot to update the date to the the 27th of February. I left it as the 20th and you just read it out. So I just wanted to see. It was my mistake, no, obviously. this is the real date, though. It is Globtober and it is the year 2192. I don't, uh, know, why, I don't know what, what's got into you. I don't know. It's mad, isn't ha- it? I have a NARS note. The... There we go. <laughs> For your troubles. I thought it was the um, 6th of March, but... In 2022, there you go. Now you're a free man. What would you like to do first? The one thing I've thought about every day while I was in prison. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. It's time to do battle with John Steed and Emma Peel. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs. Time for your weekly ample helping of Big Finish audio drama goodness. Oh yes, and trying out some new music this week. Uh, let us know right into podcast at bigfinish.com to tell us whether you thought it was a good change or not. I think I might just go back to the other one. I don't know, I just thought I'd try something new. Anyway, in a moment, Benji and I will be presenting the latest First Doctor Adventures trailer featuring our brand new First Doctor. It's not all dressing up, you know. <laughs> Following that, the good review guy this week, Torchworth, the five people you kill in Middlesbrough. I can't help noticing that Middlesbrough is an unevacuated smoking ruin with an exploding spaceship in the middle of it. Then we're off behind the scenes with the latest comic strip audio dramatisations from The Avengers with Steed and Mrs Peel getting up to some satisfyingly crazy stuff. I'm going to help Mrs Peel. I'll be there in a moment. Hold on, I'm coming. Following that, lighting up your ear things with an overdose of tingles. It'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Oh, bursting with big finished listener goodness. Yes. It's burst. Uh, in our also available segment, we celebrate International Women's Day, Tuesday, the 8th of March, in the Doctor Who universe, with the 8th of March 2, Protectors of Time, with an all star cast, including Katie Manning, Lala Ward, and Anjali Mahindra, and Louise Jameson directing. Hello, this is. Louise Jameson doing a Doctor Who, but as director this time, I'm being a grown-up. Then the Randomoids Electrotron will, as you've come to expect, be delighting us with a fabulous 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. I don't know what comets look like. Not up close. Sounds good. Mm. Then we round things off with a tantalising 15-minute drama tease from The Avengers. The comic strip adaptations, volume six, and a story entitled Seven Deadly Dot 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 Assassins. Nothing like the sound of the sea. However, gulls I could take or leave. How many? (laughs) <laughs> now, um, if you didn't hear about the launch of the first Doctor Adventures trailer, well, here it is. From Big Finish Productions, the first Doctor Adventures, The Outlaws. You didn't happen to catch sight of a white-haired old coot, did you? Uh, well, as a matter of fact, we did. You were not here when I was last forced to defend these walls. That lasted only 40 days, and yet still it tested the fortitude of every man and woman here. Oh, 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 oh,
strange archers have loosed their arrows. Then the attack has begun. Quickly! We haven't much time. It won't be long before Louis' soldiers scale the walls. So, gentle knight, what have you to show me? A secret. Well, this is my ward, uh, Lady Dorothea. Dodo. Uh, oh, yes, of course, my dear. Lady Dodo Chaplet. <laughs> and this is the doctor. Hello! Yes, yes, I'm here. Do stop bellowing. What is it? Oh, no. <sighs> doctor, I... Yes, child. Oh, who would do such a thing? Outlaws, my dear. Outlaws. <sighs> The brutish reality of history, my dear. Oh, that was a truly disgusting clown. It's not all dressing up, you know. <laughs> Pity we had to clamber up the privy suit. I suggest we release these poor animals and leave before... <gasps> before the outlaws return. <laughs> I am William of Berkshire, and you are trespassing in my forest. Who? William of Berkshire. Surely you've heard of me. No, I can't say that I have. And relax that bowstring, sir. You'll have somebody's eye out with that arrow. Oh, delightful. The doctor's here, that's what matters. And I've had plenty of time to contemplate my revenge. You perfidious meddler. What are you doing here? What are you, um, planning? And where is Toto? Now, that's more like it. I'm sure we're going to have a chance to catch up, but right now I'd better get going. The young woman you travel with spoke against our anointed king. She was confused. She didn't know what year it was. Is she often so confused? What have you done with my ship? Hmm? Nothing except keep it safe. Those French dogs are going to swarm into Lincoln, and I've no way to stop them. Oh, no! Doctor! Look! The friendship breached the city walls. We're all going to die! The Doctor, my lady. What is the meaning of this? One moment I'm a guest, then a prisoner, then a guest again, and now I'm being... Dragged around the castle by these ruffians of yours! With good reason. As I recall, you wanted to see King William, the Conqueror, defeated at Hastings in 1066. Yes, yes, I did. The miniaturist. Hello? <laughs> I know you. Daddy? 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 How, how did you get here? You can't be. Daddy? Daddy? Simon? We've heard a great deal about your work. In the Zechstein mine specifically. I'm sorry, who are you? Oh, believe me, I've just as much interest in you as you have in me, Professor. No! Wait! Don't go! Doctor, what's happening? Can you feel that? Can you? The air is thicker. Maybe you shouldn't touch the shell. You're quite disturbed by me, aren't you, my unusual friend? This game is at an end! We are playing! You and me. I like playing with you. If you play with the dimensions of my ship, you won't just destroy this part of England, you'll destroy the Earth's solar system! Big finish for the love of stories. And just type The Outlaws into the search pane at the top of BigFinish.com to find and order this new era of First Doctor Adventures starring the rather brilliant Stephen Noonan 
out in April. Uh, exclusive news here is that the next box set starring Stephen is already under development with scripts being commissioned. And worth underlining here, as I've underlined many times, but the message just doesn't seem to get out, uh, that we fully intend to work with David Bradley again with his TARDIS team in some special releases under development now. So more First Doctor goodness from all directions. Uh, just time to check in on Benji now to find out um, his latest weird and wonderful sound effect because I know he's very busy with stranded sound design at the moment. Benji? Well, I've been uh, fully, fully, I've been, well, can I give this away actually? Hold on. I don't know if I can give that one away. Can you just it's quite central, Quite central to, to oh, what's going okay. on, yeah. I've been breaking a lot of stuff, crumbling bits and bobs and... <laughs> and uh, th smashing things around. There's a lot of that going on. Is that I why had... you've blurred your background? Because everything in your room is smashed? Yeah, it's all, it's all in complete tatters around me. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, though, um, this is actually quite funny. There is there is a scene where lots of smashing stuff's going on, and I put yes. an effect on, which makes things kind of whiz left and right in the stereo field. Oh, nice. But there nice. was a lot of it going on, because there were multiple things whizzing around. And I actually started to feel a little bit dizzy at one point, when I was, I was like, oh, I was like, you know, I just felt a bit disorientated, because I was kind of like, oh, there's so many things flying about. Um, it was quite amusing, though. I enjoyed it. In a weird that, sort of way. Because, of course, you're, you're hearing it over and over again and listening in great detail, whereas it will be over relatively quickly for the audience. They're not hopefully going to feel sick. I mean, <laughs> it's like, you know, that little synthesizer I had last time. Uh, you know, those big ones I've got in the, in the background behind the curtain here. You know, sometimes you can get lost in those with the really hyper high frequency noises yeah. that you end up not being able to hear but they start working on your brain and you end up feeling quite sick. You get, you know... They can be weird... quite piercing, can't they? Yeah. It's a bit they like... They sort of vibrate your very bones. <laughs> Is there this... Was like, um, do you, have you ever had it when you're um, out and about and that you suddenly hear like a really high pitch? Like, it's like... I think you... I, I, there's a weird noise going around here. Um... I had it more when I was a kid. When you're younger, you can hear it because, of course, when you get older, you don't hear all the frequencies. Your ears yes. degrade over time. Join, join my club. Yes. Although I had a hearing test recently because I was just curious, and my hearing is is younger for my age, which is surprising, actually. But there we go. Yes, I hadn't lost the last time I was tested. I hadn't lost a lot of my upper frequencies, which is what generally happens as you get older. But I had I had a sort of dent in my frequencies in the mid range, which is unusual. But that's where the Daleks are. Really? How how funny? How yeah. funny? Just goes to yeah. show that I suppose you know, it's all you know. the articulation noises, which is why I often say pardon to people because I I don't <laughs> quite hear the articulation of the voice as clearly as I used to. The Daleks have just they've just ground you down over the years, frequency wise. They'd like that. They'd be really they'd be really <laughs> pleased with that, wouldn't they? They would. They'd like that. They'd like that, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, time now for our good review guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised this week, we're looking at Torchwood, the five people you kill in Middlesbrough, a bit violent. From Big Finish Productions. Torchwood, the five people you kill in Middlesbrough. I can't help noticing that Middlesbrough is an unevacuated smoking ruin with an exploding spaceship in the middle of it. Implement the Icarus Protocol. We're going in a different direction, I'm afraid. Yes, so are the atoms in the spaceship's engines. Stay at home, stay safe, 
Stay on guard. So you're advising everyone in the Northeast to download this app? We have the Unreal Photon spread under control, but we want everyone to feel safe. There is no Middlesbrough incident. Exactly. It's why I've cancelled you from life. You don't have the authority of Von Hartmann! This is a tragic event. Now the whole of the North. But it is out of our hands. Because you dithered. They're gone. Funny how everyone ignored the Middlesbrough incident until the cloud of death headed towards London. We follow the science at every stage. And now you're fleeing from it. I'm Yvonne Hartman. And I'm going to save this country. Big finish. We love stories. Come out and debate me, you cowards! It is, isn't it? Could have spared one, to be honest. Um, just four and the one that got away. Um, just go to bigfinish.com and type Middlesbrough into the search pane at the top to experience this cloud of deadly particles. Well, how do you spell Ooh. Middlesbrough? Uh, it's M-I-D-D-L-E-S-B-R-O-U-G-H. Keep wanting to put an extra O in between the B and the R, but that's how you spell it, yeah. yeah. Middlesbrough, Mid- not Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough or Middlesbrow, if you want to spell it out that way. If you, yeah, you know, or Middlesbrough, as Americans would probably say if they read that. Or Middlesbrough, which nobody would ever say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I prefer that. Middlesbrough. I come from Middlesbrough. Um, first up, we made this network.com, Baz Greenland. Uh, says, um, there is so much to appreciate about this story that it's easily worthy of a second listen or two. Um, The performances from everyone involved are superb. The script packed full of potential satire and a breathless direction from Scott Hancock, who has brought many a great Torchwood story to life at Big Finish. The five people you kill in Middlesbrough breezes through one encounter to the next, packing so much in without ever feeling rushed or too dense. It helps that Oberman is at the top of her game. You're with you're with Yvonne every step of the way, while still being surprised by her approach to every situation she faces. Hey, I just got my little synthesizer out there, got the Martin. Oh! I'm being exposed to solar radiation. It's funny. No. I suddenly realised I was watching the um, Space Pirates, the reconstruction of it for my sins. Didn't make it all the way through. That's that's quite a slog, that one. But I noticed that the gun noise in it is really similar to the staser noise that eventually gets used in The Deadly Assassin years and years later. It's not the same, but it's, it's, it's you know... Ever it's so a, similar. It's a twist of an oscillator away from it, you know. Anyway, so that was my mark for that. Twist of an oscillator. I quite quite like that. Painful. Uh, Sci-FiBulletin.com, Paul Simpson says, if you're frustrated with what's been going on, I don't know what that means. I think it means <laughs> in the his world. kitchen. I think it means uh, then the take world. vicarious pleasure in Yvonne's trail of terror through the ranks. Ten out of ten. Oh, what have we got here for you, Paul? <laughs> I've turned the it off. The sound of silence. <laughs> I turned it off. You fool, you old fool. That's definitely a very Paul Simpson noise. <laughs> well, we have here Tony Filer, son of Bill Filer. Yes! From the Axons. The um, Axons, Doctor! 
uh, warpfactor.com. Uh, there's been some absolutely breathtaking drama from Big Finish in 2021, of course. Uh, but if you need the kind of catharsis of world-class, truth-telling stand-up comedian to shake out some of your fury at the world in which we live, the five people you kill in Middlesbrough is going to ring every bell you have. Ring that bell, Nick. Ah, oh, yes, the alien bells of Margolis 9. <laughs> On Twitter armor at Tom Housen1218 says the five people you kill in Middlesbrough from At Big Finish by Yvonne Hartman is a delightful satire packed drama creating a story which feels very relevant and brought to life by an exceptional cast. At Tracy Anno is tremendous in pulling all this together. What a performance! Wow, this is there's no there's, it's got to be this. Very Pertwee. Very I listened Pertwee. to the Big Finish podcast the other day and it was just a horrible noise. It was just, what's that ghastly noise? That ghastly smell? Um, Andy M586 says, uh, at Big Finish, uh, we've all thought it. Uh, Yvonne Hartman <laughs> is 100% who you need in a national crisis. Intrigued? <laughs> Listen to the fabulous The Five People You Kill in Middlesbrough. Uh, Torchwood shaped political satire at its very best. Tracy Anno, always a class act. Nice. Uh, let's hear what the, uh, the monotronometer gives as a mark for that review. <laughs> can't hear that it's, one at It's all. so high frequency, I can't hear it either. A kind of drilling into your brain, I think you'll find that one, Mike. That's the intergalactic dentist, isn't it? <laughs> a filling for Just you. removing a planetary molar. Uh, uh, <laughs> at Alistair Stewart, great reviewer, says, uh, still thinking about the five people you kill in Middlesbrough from Torchwood, the rage and frustration that powers that powers it as therapeutic as it is kind of extraordinary. The Torchwood audio range are all very, very good. There's a strong case for them being the best thing Big Finish do. There is, there is. But this is Children of Earth level social SF. Almost all of it fiercely, relentlessly good. Wow. Hold on. Oh, that's a surprisingly... Oh, hold on, it's developing. Sounds like a crocodile on a motorbike. Yeah. Thank you. Thank. That's enough. That. That. Stop it. Stop, stop it. Stop it. it. Stop it now. Stop that. Silly. Oh dear. Well, Andrew Trumbull uh, says just finished torch with the five people you kill in Middlesbrough. Literally jaw droppingly good. Literally a jaw. Quite drop. literally. Quite. God, that's literally. painful. Um, oh, that was his jaw dropping. If I didn't know better, I would describe this as biting satire rather than science fiction. I don't know any better. <laughs> well done, in, in brackets there. And Influencing A uh, says the five people... Oh, I didn't give that a mark, sorry. Well, that was good, yeah. Uh, influencing A says the five, five people you kill uh, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. in Middlesbrough is top shelf Torchwood. Is that 
That sounds a bit like pornography, um, which is saying something. Uh, at Tracy Ann O gives perhaps her best performance as Yvonne yet. Absolutely loved it. That's a very reliable, strange buzzing noise there. That's that. There was also an email sent in by um, Philip Edney from the Sirens of Audio, and he says uh, the tortured range continues to excel in bringing inventive and tonally diverse stories month by month. The Five People You Kill in Middlesbrough by Yvonne Hartman, or perhaps Tracy Ann Overman, and James Goss, question mark, question mark, question mark, is a black comedy that explores the foibles of modern society. It offers a series of characters who each excel in being such awful human beings that Yvonne looks warm, sane and compassionate next to them. Wow. Themes of government corruption, opposition incompetence, fake news, conspiracy theories and cancelling are all explored by the brilliant cast. With a growing sense of frustration, the story parallels how many nations respond to crucial issues such as COVID and global warming, but the comedy never makes you feel you are being preached at. A brilliant and entertaining story. Three pie out of ten. What sort of pie? Steak pie? I think you were being mathematical there, Philip. That is an excellent review and a great way to round off the review of an excellent story, I think. Thank you. I, th- I feel this element of the uh, good review guide is is a roaring success. I think so. I think so. Long may it continue forever. Not, I mean, not irritating at all. We like it. We like it. We like the sound of things making noise. I think all the sounds this week sounded so similar. <laughs> it's almost as if you're using the same machine. Um, well, that's it for the reviews this week. Next time, we'll be talking about Jago and Lightfoot Series 14 audiobook. Still to come on the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com and are also available. Segment featuring the 8th of March 2, Protectors of Time, featuring valiant female characters from the worlds of Doctor Who. But first, let us delve behind the scenes with The Avengers and an episode entitled Seven Deadly... Dot, 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 assassins. How many? Seven. How many dots, you mean? Three dots. <laughs> Could be either. Hello, my name is Samuel Clemens, and I am the producer and director of this box set of The Avengers, Steed and Peel, the comic strip adaptations. Now, would you like the tour? It would be good to know the ropes. Follow me, then, and let's get underway. I was approached by David Richardson after having directed uh, the last box set of The Avengers with the wonderful Linda Thorson coming back to do a cameo. And David asked if I would like to produce the next box set. And obviously, (laughs) I jumped at the chance, not only because it's sort of uh, such an incredible series, uh, but also because of my my long-running connection to it with my father, Brian Clemens, having played such a huge part in the television series. I felt that I was sort of carrying the baton you know, into uh, the, the the 21st century and continuing to tell stories of Steed and Peel and hopefully Steed and Tara King. So it was sort of a no-brainer, really, when David asked me. And um, I jumped at it and immediately got on the phone to speak to John Dorney, our script supervisor and script editor, who has been on these series uh, pretty much since the beginning and really knows how to construct these as audios. And also, he knows the source material uh, so well, not just um, the the television episodes and and being a fan of the TV series, but also he really knows um, the comic strips that we're working from. Hello, I'm Roland Moore and I wrote the Avengers comic strip adaptations 
seven deadly assassins. Oh, dear. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Mrs. Peel? Yes. If we've encountered envy and wrath, there might be five more of the seven deadly sins on board. This job came about because John Dorney, who was script editing the range, came to me and said, did I fancy doing another Avengers? Because I'd, I'd done a very civil war for Steed and Tara King and really enjoyed it. So I said, yes, please. And he gave me the TV comic holiday special from 1966. It was an unusual Avengers comic strip in that it didn't have any cliffhangers because normally they're single page episodes over a number of weeks of TV comic. So this one was a self-contained story over about eight pages. The story concerned Steed and Emma being on a cruise liner, having a holiday, but they didn't realise that there were seven deadly enemies there on, on board as well who planned to kill them. He did such a fantastic job in the previous box set. And I just felt that, you know, he understands the world. Uh, he's a fantastic writer. And I just thought it would fit beautifully to give him a, a Seven Deadly Assassins, this sort of claustrophobic story. I thought it was so much fun and, and quite action-packed. I, I can imagine this, this being an episode, although it's quite contained, blowing all of the budget for the series. And it just felt like, you know, it's nice to have those episodes where Steed and Peel's lives really are in danger. And, it, you know, like, how are they going to get out of it? And then a lot of fun, weird and wonderful characters that are always associated with the sort of the villains of the piece. And I think the, the villains of this piece sit beautifully uh, with the, the canon of the... Um, uh, the villains of the TV show. So immediately that felt so nicely balanced with this script. That's sort of what hit me first. I'm Julian Wadham and I play John Steed. My reaction to to this script and coming back into the studio was the joy of actually coming back into a studio and working with other actors because obviously we're just coming out of lockdown. And uh, although we did record some during lockdown, uh, it was a very, very different experience uh, where we were necessarily isolated into different studios or booths all over the country. I think on one occasion, I remember there was a there was an episode recorded where we had someone in Scotland, someone in Manchester and, and various people spread out over London and we could only hear their voices so you couldn't even see fellow cast members. So it's great to be reunited with a more familiar acting experience of actually being able to see your fellow performers and, and so I really enjoyed coming back to a, some sort of sense of normality. My name's Olivia Poulet and I play Mrs Emma Peel. Thanks. For what? For giving me an exit. Ugh. I've been playing the part of uh, Mrs Emma Peel for a few years now and it's been just an absolute joy, really. I got offered it a few years ago not knowing a huge amount about the Avengers and was able to do some research, which was also a complete pleasure, and watch some of the original ones. But I didn't really just want to do a sort of impersonation of Diana Rigg. I wanted to kind of create something a bit of my own as well. Just go to bigfinish.com and type The Avengers into the search pane to find out all about our rather lovely Avengers releases. Mm, they are lovely too. Highly mm, recommended. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, time now for dot dot dot. We like our dots this week. Listeners emails. There's only one dot in the email address. That's right. If you want to send your emails over, send it to podcast at 
dot com. Send them over. Yeah, there we go. Dot Cotton. Uh, Might get read out, might not. Nobody knows. First up, David Shenfield says the uh, subject of this one is the unknown son or daughter of Doctor Who. Um, Interesting. With Mm. Doctor Who, I was always curious that he waited until old age to go off travelling. Recently, I heard a Big Finish audio in which Susan encourages her grandfather to time travel. The Doctor must have had a son or daughter, thus leading to his granddaughter Susan. Uh, She has not regenerated, but maybe so far uh, we have only known her first life. Mm -hmm. What about her parents? Have they regenerated? Did they ever leave Gallifrey to time travel? Did they come looking for her? Um, I think they went to a caravan park once in Bognor, if that's any mm, help. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. Which was their TARDIS, the caravan, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a, well, there we go, we've, we've cracked it already. Um, now, since the arrival of the refugee doctor, uh, a possibility was that he was hiding, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> For we have seen the Doctor and the Master being made as schoolboys to look in what seemed to be a hole in the ground. This led the Master to hearing a constant drumming. Uh, yet it seems to have oh you're talking about the untempered schism Um, yet it seems to have only become dominant later in his life Um, it is the regenerated master after the war master who is affected by it yet there is indication that as a child the doctor kept regenerating as hinted at by the head of division who tries to drag the doctor into an alternative universe at the end of the flux talking about the internal child is there a good story there about the Doctor before he stole the TARDIS? Curious, David Shenfield. Well, it just shows how complicated it's all got. I thought you said the internal child, but that would just be weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I, I don't know, but I bet someone will come up with one. Uh, next up, uh, Matthew, Matthew. Matthew. I always do this. I always do this. I say Matthew because I can see Kressel coming up. Um Warped Factor reviewer's name and a survivor's question. Greetings, Nick and Benji. Having heard the podcast once more in recent weeks, I've had the pleasure, in inverted commas, of hearing Mr Briggs declare my fellow Warped Factor scribe, Tony Filer, his preferred Big Finish reviewer, and ask how to pronounce (laughs) my surname. I'm writing in to inform you both that it's Cressel, the first half like Crest, and the other half rhyming with wrestle or chuckle. Very good. I hope this helps. It does. It does, Matthew. Or Matthew Ma- Chuckle. Matthew, as I keep stupidly saying. I digress, for I have a question. I've recently had the pleasure of finally listening to the audiobook of Terry Nation's novel of Survivors, released a few years ago by Big Finish and read by the wonderful Carolyn Seymour. Totally agree. I've also learned that there are two sequel novels to Nation's book, which follow on its version of events in the series, written by John Ayers. Hmm. I don't know whether is it Ayers or Ayers if you could write it again Matthew to tell me how to pronounce something uh, would Big Finish potentially consider doing audiobooks of those completing the set as it were best wishes Matthew Kressel um, decisions are made by those who show up President Jed Bartlett in the West Wing apparently said that that's a really good uh, quote uh, Matthew Matthew uh, I'm so sorry going on about Tony and and not being nice about you which is totally uncalled for and sort of fictional nonsense on my part so I hope you'll accept my heartfelt apology which I I think I referenced either last week or the week before time is an illusion and time doubly so um it yeah I'll ask around I don't know why we didn't do those books interesting thank you for raising that 
We've got a last one here from Joshua Duffy, subject to this one, Sarah and Perry. Hi again, Nick and Benji. Hi there. Um, <laughs> I hope that you two and everyone at Big Finish are having a great day. Can't Let's complain, so. Joshua. Can't complain. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited for the fourth Doctor Adventures solo, not a Star Wars story, um, <laughs> as the covers look cool. Oh, yeah, and I'm oh, excited yeah. to hear the dynamic between the fourth Doctor and Margaret. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm also loving Sadie Miller's uh, Sarah Jane as she captures her mother's performance brilliantly. Yes. Could we see Sarah Jane in the fourth Doctor Adventures anytime soon as Tom and Sadie acted off each other really well in return of the Cybermen mm. and I would love to hear some audios during the fourth Doctor's early days, season 12 and 13, maybe in series 14? Mm. Uh, I noticed that we haven't heard from the post-trial sixth Doctor and Perry arc in a while. The Widow's Assassin, Masterverse, Rani Elite, and the Sixth Doctor and Perry box set. Uh, will that arc be continuing anytime soon? And could we even see Rex from Season 22 trailer join them in the TARDIS anytime soon? Sincerely, Joshua Duffy. Well, the business about the Sixth Doctor, I think we should leave that firmly in the hands of Jacqueline Rayner, who's the producer of that range, and Rob Valentine, who's the script editor. They've got all sorts of interesting stuff coming up. Been reading some great stories, so stay tuned there. Um, the Fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane, yeah, there'll be a bit of that at some point. Don't you worry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it for the emails this week. <laughs> Keep sending them into podcast at bigfinish.com. Well, the Random Woods Electron is on its way, preparing to deliver a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. How are you coping, Nick? Mm, it's fine. <clears throat> the noise, the noise. But before that, it's time for Also Available. This week we investigate and preview our International Women's Day special release, the 8th of March to Protectors of Time. Hello, this is... Louise Jameson doing a Doctor Who, but as director this time, I'm being a grown-up. Right. I've opened the interior doors to the cargo bay and deactivated the stasis pods. Yes, I can feel their movement. They're reaching for the time winds, but they're disorientated. I shall lead them home. Quickly, take my hand, Romana. It's time to leave. Really lovely. Really lovely. Thank you. It's a great way to start the episode. I love the core message of this script, actually, because it's it, it's basically about you're in your own driving seat and that there is always choice. And it's, every scene kind of pushes towards that. So it's got a very, very big heart, this script. My name is Lala Ward and I play Romana in her second incarnation. OK, mm. shall we go for a stagger through? Good. Your confidence in us is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you. The only downside I can see to being directed by Louise is that one can't be acting with Louise at the same time, which is such a pleasure always. But she's a terribly good director. When you told me that Louise was directing, I thought, I really look forward to that, because actually when actors direct actors... They understand about acting in a way that you can't if you're not an actor. And, and she has those sort of, um, you can hear what she's saying. I and mean, sometimes she lets you do something again because she knows she doesn't need it, but she knows it will make you happy. So she lets you, you know, she, she has an actor's 
sense of nuance in terms of director and I think she's extremely good. It's lovely, it's a real treat. I like having a very clear image of what I want to create and when everything falls into place, like it, I'm touching wood here, like it seems to be doing today, it's an absolute delight to kind of open doors for other people with little suggestions and to see that come to fruition. Hello, my name's John Leeson and I play, um, what is it I play? Um, I think it's K9, isn't it? Affirmative. Thank you. It is marvellous being directed by Louise because Louise, for a start, a lot of directing experience, but she is one of those directors, you see, they, they, they fall into different categories, directors do. Louise is essentially an enabler. Uh, she will accept what you offer, and on the basis of what you're offering, she may suggest improvements or variations or something like that, uh, which at the end of the day is not only what she wants, but is also what the actor wants as well. So she's extremely helpful from that point of view. And of course, I've known her ever since my first days back on The Invisible Enemy, way back in 1977. And here I am, 42 years later, <laughs> a long way along the line, and still working with Louise, and it's just marvellous. I'm Matt Fitton, and I script-edited the 8th of March box set protectors of time. There is such a great range of characters to choose from all through um, Doctor Who history and we've um, dipped into different eras across the classic series and the new, mixed a few together and we begin in Stolen Futures by Liz Miles with Romana and Canine in the days just after they've left the TARDIS after Warrior's Gate. I think the initial suggestion for this um, setting and, and looking at Romana right after she's left the Doctor came from David Richardson and we um, checked in with Stephen Gallagher as well as we're using his world and his creations and in particular we've got Birok and other Tharrells joining Romana and trying to rebuild their society after the, um, the devastation that they'd suffered and being in chains and being used by the human race to travel through time. Just go to bigfinish.com and type 8th of March, 8th as a word, E-I-G-H-T-H, of March, into the search pane at the top, and there you shall find it. And don't forget that we're just minutes away from our 15-minute drama tease of The Avengers 7 Deadly Assassins. But first... It's the Randomoid Selectatron offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Over to you, Benji and Ran. Here we are, Ran's chosen 160 Doctor Who, The Jupiter Conjunction. Oh, is that... Who's that by? Is that It's written by Gary? Eddie Robson. Oh, Eddie Robson. Stars the, the full gang here of uh, the Fifth Doctor, uh, Turlo, Tegan and Nyssa. Uh, of course, Peter Davison, Janet Fielding, Mark Strickson, and Sarah Sutton. Fantastic. Let's um, hear the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. The Jupiter Conjunction. I don't know what comets look like. Not up close. I have a major medical emergency. I'm attaching our location. Send help now. 
Earth Solar System 2329. And if you look at the scanner, you'll see something rather interesting in 543. Oh. Bring the accused forward. Panenka Haulage. The comet we're on must be 8 slash Q Panenka. You say that like it's an old friend. Well, the chap who discovered it was. Quiet! What's that sound? It's not even a proper court, it's a shopping precinct. This is nothing more than a piece of stage managed theatre. Nissa, wasn't it? Run! I'm not leaving you here! Get away! I can't move! You are unknown. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. Great behind the scenes snap there of, the, of all the gang recording together at the moat. <laughs> Janet Fielding's looking it. quite sort of uh, they're all very moody and that's interesting Sarah Sutton and Mark Stritson are smiling and Peter and Janet are looking like yeah yeah another photograph whatever <laughs> <laughs> Ken Bentley directing uh, some familiar names turning up in the cast there uh, Philip Pope who's absolutely brilliant great to see him there Ellie Burrow who, who turns up again who I'm sure has we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Rebecca Front, who's a brilliant actor. Um, uh, she was in the day to day a lot, wasn't she? I mean, she's done mm. millions of other th- brilliant things too. But yeah. Anyway, so there you have it. So Benji, um, you may know that uh, uh, while I email, um, well, Sue Cowley this week, not Jackie, because Jackie's on leave. Uh, big finish to make sure she knows which release to attach to the offer. I'm going to ask you. I don't know whether you know, to explain how you get the 25% discount. Well, it's so simple, Nick. It'd be a pleasure for me to tell you. Just go to bigfinish.com. And once you're on the main page, go across to the menu. On the menu, go to podcast. I feel like I'm doing sports casting here. <laughs> when you're there, and it's it's a lovely day, really fast down the track. Once you get to that page, you head on and to read more. Up. On the read more there, right round the corner, straight under the gondola. There we go. It says the Random Boys Selectron also features offering you a 25% reduction on the selective release. Just click here and enter the offer code Buck Up. That's B-U-C-K-U-P, all capital letters, no spaces, no complications, no parties in the nation. Enter it in and you get 25% discount. There you go. Amazing, amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Ram. You never fail. Uh, Next week's podcast is entitled Solo Fourth Doctor as we take a look at our Fourth Doctor box set entitled Solo, uh, mentioned by one of our listeners in the uh, listener's email section, this issue of the podcast, and featuring two very different adventures. That's uh, Solo, not the email sent in to listeners' emails. (laughs) Uh, One is set on the moon of Gallifrey, Blood of the Time Lords, and the other in a haunted coastal town, the Ravencliff Witch. Not to be confused with the Witchcliff Raven. Uh, Just time now to thank you all once again for listening and continuing to support our audio endeavours. Please, whatever you do, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and pass the word around all about Big finish because big finish nick it's for the love of stories time now for the avengers seven deadly dot 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 assassins
God, blimey, I wasn't sure you'd be here. Oh, ye of little faith, I've been counting down the days until your release. Well, that makes two of us. I've bought the most divine car. Over here. I thought you'd want your first journey to be stylish. Nice motor. Though I prefer to be the one driving. As it was a high-speed chase that put you in prison, I think it's best if I drive, don't you? Fair point. So, how fast does this beauty go? As fast as the speed limit and no more. We don't want to attract undue attention now, do we? No, I suppose. You suppose right. Now you're a free man, what would you like to do first? The one thing I've thought about every day while I was in prison. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. It's time to do battle with John Steed and Emma Peel. Infuriating. Just because you can't work it out. One more clue, Steed. Saying it involves a boat doesn't give me much to go on. All right. It involves a boat and the most fabulous gemstone. Oh? And yet it's safe to say you're not planning to propose to me. <laughs> no. That's not on my agenda today. Do you give up? I'm sure with another few clues I could... Hang on. Does it involve the Betchworth Ruby? Yes, it does. Well done. Now, I read in the newspaper about it getting a new owner, and the article described it as a fabulous gemstone. And what about the boat? Don't tell me. I'll get there. Well, we've got another 40 minutes until we get to the docks. Plenty of time for me to work it out. Nothing like the sound of the sea. However, gulls I could take or leave. This shipyard all looks very industrial. Aha. And unless I'm very much mistaken, that stylish modern ship is the SS Niven. Yes, it is. Which is designed to securely transport precious cargoes. Again, yes, it is. Ergo, it's being used to transport the Betchworth Ruby. And for the third time, yes, it is. A perfect deduction. We'll be overseeing the operation to deliver it to its new owner in Falmouth. Splendid. Shame it's not a pleasure cruise, though. Well, it might be partly pleasure. You see, after we deliver it safely, we can crack this open on the way back. You've packed a hamper. I'm sure it's true that champagne can be used to ward off scurvy on the high seas. And those olives presumably stop mutinies. Undoubtedly. So why aren't they using the roads or railways to transport the precious ruby? The security on this ship is unbeatable. It's got a walk-in, airtight vault that is totally impregnable if the ship is boarded by pirates. Making them not so jolly, Rogers. Exactly. In fact, we should put the hamper in the vault to keep it safe. Steed, you're incorrigible. Ahoy there, landlubbers! Do sailing types really say that? Evidently this one does. Ahoy there! You must be Captain Benjamin Crow. Yes, for my sins. And I'm in charge of the SS Niffin. 
You must be John Steed. And Mrs Emma Peel. Yes, of course. Pleased to meet you. We've got a journey time of around six hours and 39 minutes ahead of us. Let's hope it's all plain sailing. Oh, I don't foresee any problems, Mrs Peel. Well, that's a reassuring shipping forecast. I'll get one of my ratings to bring that hamper on board for you, shall I? Yes, please. Now, would you like the tour? It would be good to know the ropes. Follow me, then, and let's get underway. Now, this is the bridge, see? The ship has an auxiliary control room, but this is the main place where we oversee... Well, everything. Sonar, engine speed, rudder, and the main radio unit. The emergency backup radio is one floor below us in the communications room, and there are emergency flares in the engine room if we need them. It really has got it all. And where's the rest of your crew, Captain Crow? Ah, the ship don't need many people to operate it, see? In fact, I've only got a crew of two. Two? That's not even enough of you for a game of bridge. On the bridge? Well, it's mostly automated, you know, so I don't need more people. I remember on my first command, a little cruiser. Oh, what was she called now? I'm afraid I can't help you. Uh, anyway, it's not important. But that ship had a crew of 16. That's an awful lot of people to worry about feeding and having cabin space for. This ship is far more streamlined as a result. Fewer quarters, less food needed, and... Vanessa! Bless you. No, Vanessa. That was the name of the first ship. I remembered it. You'll have to forgive me. I've got a dreadful memory. Now, let me show you the mess. And yet the rest of it is so tidy. Behave, Mrs. Peel. Behave. And here is where we serve the meals. You can see that unlike most mess halls, it's quite a cosy room with only a couple of tables. But like I say, we don't need much space with only three people on board, do we? And you've laid on quite a feast for us, Captain Crow. Welcome to the captain's table. I like to look after me guests. Gosh, that is an impressive spread. Prawns, salmon, rice salad. I wish all of our jobs had such perks. Tell me, is ten o'clock too early for lunch, Steed? I rather fear it is, but we shall enjoy dining with you later, Captain. Now, perhaps you'd be kind enough to show us what we are guarding? Welcome to the vault. That's an impressively thick door. Deadlocked with 14 points of closure by the looks of it. No one is going to gem me that open in a hurry. And it only opens with a secret code. Are we allowed to know the code? As you're guarding it, you'll be the ones who set it. There. You can enter your own one now. Let me know when you're done. Now, what do you suggest? Something we're both going to remember. How about the year I was born? I don't think the numbers go back that far. You can't go off a person, you know. Let's go for a random number. Remember this. Got it. Got it. Sure? Sure. We're done, Captain. Now, if you'd like to re-enter your number and open it, I can show you the ruby. Of course. Ta-da! <laughs> There's our precious cargo. In front of your precious cargo. Ah, the hamper, yes. Thank your rating for bringing it on board. 
So the ruby is in that metal briefcase. May we have a look? Of course. There she blows. What a beauty. It's quite a remarkable gem. Ah, we're just about to leave dock. I'd better get to my station. The ruby is your responsibility now, Mr. Steed. There you go. And we'll take good care of it. Aye. And here are a couple of walkie-talkies so you can keep in touch with each other. Excellent. Let's get the ruby sealed back in the vault. Now, do you remember the code, Mrs. Peel? I hope so. Good, then I'll lock it. Well, this all seems shipshape and Bristol fashion. Yes, and as soon as we leave dock, I suggest we check the ship from top to bottom to ensure that no interlopers have snuck on board. And then we can probably enjoy the journey. Steed, do you copy? Copy, Mrs. Peel. How are you getting on? I've checked the kitchen, I've checked the equipment room, and I've checked the engine room. All clear. Excellent. I've checked the crew quarters. All clear. You took a long time down there. Are you sure you didn't have a nap? It wasn't an option, Mrs. Peel. Even though there was an airbed in one, it wasn't inflated. I'll meet you in the entertainment room. Sounds intriguing. Peel out. All clear on the lower deck, Steed. Yes, all clear on the upper ones, too. So, this is the entertainment room. It's quite a large ballroom, isn't it? I don't suppose much dancing goes on here. I presume it's used mainly for presentations and such like. Let's take a walk on deck and then we can tell the captain that everything is secure. You should always check for trap doors, fools. All clear on the port side. All clear on the starboard side. So it's just us and the crew. It seems that way. Nothing to do but enjoy the breeze then. And the rather impressive lunch that's waiting downstairs. Did you hear something? It came from behind that life ring. Let's investigate. Be careful, Steed. Watch out! Don't worry, I'll take care of him. Got you! Well, I never. A man dressed all in green, complete with green balaclava. I'm guessing he's not part of the crew. Let's get this balaclava. Allow me. Good heavens, man overboard. At least he won't bother us anymore. Are you all right, Steed? Yes. Thank you for your assistance, Mrs. Peel. Although it's a shame we won't be able to ask him any questions. Look, though. This tag fell off his wrist. It looks like an army dog tag. Sort of, but there's no serial number on it. Just the word... Envy. And he was all in green. How peculiar. You update Captain Crow on what's happened, and I'll check the vault. 
Mrs. Peel, do copy. Roger. No, it's Steed. Just to say the vault is clear. The door is secure and no one is around. So at least there hasn't been a breach. Captain Crow. Good heavens, Mrs. Peel. Is everything all right? Now, I don't want to panic you, Captain, but Steed and I were attacked by a masked man. We've currently no idea how he got on board or whether there are any more intruders. I'd better alert my crew. Wait. What is it? If your message is broadcast to the entire ship, then surely everyone will hear it, including any other undesirables who may be on board. Aye, I take your point. I'll use me walkie-talkie. I remember on one of me boats that we had this situation where there was this... Uh... This isn't really the time for an anecdote. No. I'll just contact them then, shall I? Come in, Gostard. Do you copy? Gostard? Finnegan? That's odd. They're both reliable men and they always carry their walkie-talkies. Where were they working last? There was a problem with the main sonar dish, so they went out to fix it. But it's a routine job. Hmm. Maybe it had unexpected complications. Yes, Mrs. Peel, I'm nearing the sonar stack now. Wait. What's going on? Two men up there, fighting. Good Lord, a walkie-talkie nearly hit me. I'm going to help, Mrs. Peel. I'll be there in a moment. Hold on, I'm coming. You threw him overboard. And you're next. Not if I can help it. On guard. You'll find my umbrella surprisingly resilient. Feel my hunger! So I presume you've thrown all the crew overboard? He hasn't got to Captain Crow yet. Thank heavens for small mercies. Mrs. Peel, be careful. He's got a... sword. Oh, that nearly gave my hair a bob cut. Uh. 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 